0: Welcome to this uh, new episode of uh, Unleashed. All our growing years, we have a huge pressure to survive. And right from childhood, every year, every stage has been told as the foundation for us to survive. The entire academic system drives people to crack one after another competitive exam. We don't do it from interest. We don't do it out of passion. We don't do it out of love. We generally only do it because that's the only way we are told we are survived. We have our parents as mentors, our society as mentors, we have other people as role models. As we grow, because the role models are those people who are successful in that system. So we've been told that if you are not successful in a defined system in a society, you're not successful our self-esteem is also built around that we are also grown up in very homogeneous environments schools colleges neighborhood friends offices we tend to hang around very homogeneous set of people so as we grow into leaders so we have successfully navigated the systems come to a professional life continue in our professional life to be comfortable with this homogeneous set of people comfortable with this pursuit of recognition, and do work more as a necessity rather than as something you really love. In this process of our journey, we had very narrow exploration of world and life in general. Therefore, we never really spread our lives. So when we as professionals start growing into leaders, we have technically good background, we tend not to appreciate people from diverse backgrounds. We see our work as a very narrow and a very mechanical thing to do, not as something you're excited about and shaping. So that's the character of my leader I work with, who was very good, very humble, very sincere, yet has come from this kind of background, where he was very homogeneous in his approach, or already is, according to his society, not been successful. So, as always, settle down for a role which he thinks he has to get executed but has not developed and, for whatever reasons, has not spread his life beyond work. So, socially, he was outcast. So, we had to work with him to really expand his horizons. See that by following other horizons, there is a passion built. There is a people who pursue things with passion. There are people who do things out of love. There are wider set of societies than the societies he's been exposed to. People see him as accomplished. Not as the society he comes from, where he's seen not accomplished because he did not go to the U.S. or he's not in the software journey. So he is still successful and his team was very accomplished. That rekindles his interests in life. That rekindles his interest in his work. He really looks at his work now with a news lens. But. This is a common problem. We felt this is a very common problem, therefore wanted to get people's reflections around this. What do they see? Joining me in this episode is Debrat Mishra. Debu comes with phenomenal experience of grooming leaders, building strong HR organizations, guiding many top managements into effectively building strong people-centric organizations. Debu is currently partner and head of advisory a true search. Rashmi, who was on my earlier podcast of grooming to be a CXO and specifically around what does it take for a woman to be so, is continuing to be a guest on this podcast as well. And with her passion for ultra marathon, how as a professional, she became much more fearless with her wider pursuits. We also have some very interesting insights from Pankaj Roy. Pankaj Roy is the chief data analyst at Aditya billa Group. He comes with a deep experience in strategy, consulting and financial services. Pankaj is also a avid runner and also nurtures passion for badminton, bicycling and up meeting many, many people. We also have some very interesting insights from Mahinder Reddy who heads the St. Mary group of schools. Mahendra has over two decades of experience in building and leading academic institutions. We are also talking in this episode to Saumil Majumdar. Saumil orchestrates sports across thousands of schools and is very passionate about building wider set of personalities. Saumil is the co-founder and MD of Sports Village. Through his Edu Sports program, he works with over thousands of schools and helps them in building all-rounded young students. This episode, all the discussions are focused on how spreading life is important to be a better professional and a better professional leader. In the coming episodes, we also share insights from many of these speakers on what does it take to build that kind of a wider personality and also what we should do in academic institutions as well as what we should do as a society to help children grow as more balanced and capable individuals. Professionally, does it make a difference if you have a wider pursuit? One, of course, very clearly all eggs are not in one basket. So you have wider pursuits, other things, so it reduces the stress. It helps you to ease off from the demands of your professional work. Yet, I think it brings back the passion, the boundaries you push there, brings back a new energy to your own life. And that makes a big difference how professionally you work. Here are my discussions with Rashmi. Exploring how her wider pursuits made a difference to her, how she redefined herself and professionally became more positive and fearless.
1: So Even I started
2: know. running in 2010. People okay. ask me, was it mid-age crisis? Probably. As I told you, 2010, I was with Deutsche at that point in time, and I just lost my father around that time. Hmm. I had two young kids. My husband decided to surprise me by saying I want to leave my job and start something start of my up. own. So there were these old pressures that were coming in and long story short, I started, I, one fine day, I just started to went out on the road and started running mm. and there it built up. I think what I tell people is that each one of us should have a passion outside your work Absolutely. and outside your family, Absolutely. which is just yours and yours alone. Yeah. You can have that passion for th- and it depends on what you are as a person. Yeah. Uh, if you are a competitive person, pick up, pick up exercise, pick up an activity which is competitive in nature. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But it will make you or make you experience competitiveness outside your professional sphere. Absolutely. Which is very different. Absolutely. So people tell me I'm competitive as well, though I don't believe that. But what I like is the numbers and the Reaching a goal,
0: Mm. Uh,
2: Mm. I have that kind of a mentality of pushing
0: the the
2: boundary and getting somewhere. That's the finish line. And outside of my work sphere, I do challenge myself to say, can I run faster? Can Mm. I run longer? Can I make it more efficient? It just could be as simple as that also. Mm. But it just forces me to think of competitiveness or pushing the boundary or taking on a challenge outside of my professional sphere. Mm-hmm. So it could be if you are a creative person, but find an outlet, an activity where you can then have which is a creative outlet for you outside of your professional sphere. So you may it. be a good marketing, a brand building person. Find yeah. something where you can let your creativity be whatever it can be outside professional yeah. sphere. So I think it's very important to have that outlet, so to say, for each one of us for a well balanced life and for a. For your own mental health, I I think.
0: So, what did it make a difference to you as a professional? Oh, as a professional,
2: Srinivas, I tell people uh, and and it's just a coincidence that I started practicing Buddhism in 2010 and I picked up running as well in 2010. And somewhere, I think both of these things together shaped up what I call Rashmi 2.0. There was a Rashmi 1.0 before that. Who obviously was career minded, as I said, I was still doing things, but... My big flip happened in 2010 when I joined Religa and beyond. And I think, one, it did give me a clarity of thought in terms of being able to make the choices, because if you're able to make those choices on a daily basis on what is important for you, you're also able to then make choices on a more strategic and a more longer term horizon as well. Two, both these activities have given me patience. And when I say patience, it's a very simple English word, but If you really look deep and think about it in terms of the real meaning of that word, it's about being able to accept what is there and yet, as we said earlier, make the best of whatever the circumstances are.
0: So you're putting the effort, waiting for the results, you have that... Patience to patience wait, for, to the,
2: wait, for, wait the for the results.
0: Yeah. Results. yeah. And of course, there the are a lot of,
2: I think, these are the mm-hmm. two things that I would say patience and the clarity of thought, being able to make those choices and trade offs. And I think running for me, one thing that running has helped me is has made me fearless. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just completely made me fearless. Mm-hmm. That fear of the unknown, the uncertain, the fear of saying that I will have to. Problem solve on the go and that everything in life is not predetermined. There is no script that I have to follow. I know that nothing in life is certain and go with the flow.
0: No, I think what we're probably also building is when you take pursue something like running pursue something and even stick to it and actually push the boundaries your confidence in your own abilities, grows. abilities
2: goes up huge right?
0: so therefore huge. Like, we always I always believe we believe in our inabilities more than abilities so I think this is going help us to switch
2: it's a and, switch it's a complete switch, switch. Of, I think you've put it very rightly we believe yeah. in our inabilities and fear the worst yeah as i think sir, these activities take you to the other extreme other which end. says other end which says that yes it's possible
0: possible and therefore if i tell you nine nice things and one wrong thing you always believe with the wrong thing so therefore the trust in others also will grow yes the more and more i have trusted myself the trust in others will then. see so i think that Big ship, but I also feel a lot of people who are professional, like which I started with saying, have never had any passion for anything, it was always been survival and growing a career. It is more titles than careers. You had always pursued careers, but for people who are pursuing titles, any pursuit outside may bring the passion. Is that an experience, passion to pursue a career? I yeah. said that
2: earlier as well, yeah. uh, pursuit of titles. Yeah, and the passion to build a career are two very different things.
0: And will something like this help?
2: As I said, you know, some of these calls that I've taken for my mm-hmm. career have actually happened after I started running. Mm-hmm. So 2010, I still very clearly remember January, February of 2010 is when I first laced up my shoes and stepped out on the road for a long distance run. Mm-hmm. And June of that year is when I joined Rally game mm-hmm. And then since then, I've just shared with you my journey.
0: So your and entire of, switch happened
2: the from... Switch, the switch, exactly. The switch of how you now think about your work. It's not just about chasing titles and saying, can I get to the next level? Mm-hmm. Think about what do you want to do? Where is I I've been stuck in this role for three years. Can I look at something else?
0: And for I me, it's that happened. shift is required for many, many professionals today. I think, and one of my pursuits is to make that shift happen. And I think this is one means that you know, you you spread your life. If you have an individual role, you have a more scientific role, or you're a role where you have to be creative, be individual. You could probably have a very narrow focus, but as you become a leader and you have to manage diverse people, you have to inspire diverse people. Pankaj brings out very interesting aspect that you have to also have a understanding of diversity. You have to break out from your background of being only with homogeneous set of people, homogeneous set of environment to understanding people coming from diverse backgrounds so that you can encourage them to contribute. You can encourage them to Grow. Here are my discussions with Pankaj about the importance of having diverse skills to inspire people. One of the related questions around this is, if, if you have to manage a lot of people, if you have to manage a lot of people, if you yeah. have started with the with inspiration, perhaps you're a better person having that kind of a wider pursuit than somebody who's probably more a task manager, he had to inspire a lot of people. But if he is a closed door himself, not comfortable with his social skills and all those things, we said no, we have to build. You know what mm-hmm. he discovered actually what he because he said throughout his life he was struggling to do. What mm-hmm. he discovered, he took up photography, started traveling and all those things. He discovered saying he saw people with so intense passion about let's say, photography. He said, mm-hmm. I thought somebody can be so deep into anything like that. Mm-hmm. Being deep into them brought a refreshing change into the way he could look at others bringing inputs to him, others challenging the way the organization is working. So I think that refreshing change has come into him with just seeing the world can be looked at in a new lens every day.
3: So I think, I, as you can imagine, I meet a lot of young people in the corporate life. Mm-hmm. So the way I have Try to answer this question is to say that your objective or your goal will determine the nature of team and the nature of culture that you need. Mm-hmm. So if you are a sole inventor, you are mm-hmm. like Einstein. Maybe that's fine. You are like Newton. You are sitting under a tree and you discover things. Maybe you don't need anyone. And if that's what gives you pleasure, sitting somewhere, imagining things, writing equations, all of that, and there are enough people that we have seen painters, artists. Many of them are solo people. In fact. I think some of them will tell me that most progress in this world were made by solo people and not by large team managers. I don't know. I've heard that from someone. And I respect that if that be the case, that doesn't want me to become that. But so I do think that for that, but to your point, if I have to be over here in the team that I am, and I have to get a lot of people together, I have to have the ability to create a purpose or a goal, which anyone can relate to, come along to your point that they have to see the big picture the ways of thinking the ways of working and they should feel energized out of that so I think the leadership principle that I learned in my GE days were the four E's of leadership that Jack Welch used to talk about and those four E's I still remember are energy, energize, edge and execute so yeah. energy is to have some energy and your personal energy will come from your own passion whatever that might be and then energy ought to be infectious in a good way that is the energized part of it edge represents something interesting unique innovative that makes you get something ahead and then it's a good get things done you can't just be having potential energy it has to become kinetic so I do think that to get something done you got to have some of those characteristics to get a lot of diverse people along because most of these things that we are doing in corporates is a team sport and you have to be able to organize and align people
0: Debu again reiterates the importance of having as a leader the diversity because without diversity, you can't really help people to really deliver the best and you can guide and manage people. Here are my discussions with Debu around this topic. Many people, because they're cookie cutter, they're comfortable with not having that exposure or didn't get the opportunity to get that exposure, have remained that like staying back in more less inspiring, less progress than what they potentially could have done. How much of that you have seen? That is something I keep seeing. The person I worked with, his circumstances led to what he's done. He's, uh, but he's never developed passion into anything. He was very mechanically living his
1: life. Yeah, and uh, that's, a, that's an interesting thing. And those are probably, you get inspired when you see other individuals do things which you have never explored. Mm-hmm. so There, is, there mm-hmm. has to be that fire ignited as well. Uh, yeah. Many people, they come in contact with somebody yeah. who has life interests which are very varied and different from yours. Yeah. But they would not actually even attempt to do it. They would say, this is not for me. Absolutely. So it is also about the individual, individual. But when you see the ability to influence others to explore different aspects of life, has to be a characteristic of a leader. So even before you... I would say that what defines a good leader a good leader is somebody who can find the best use of an individual and inspire them to explore achieving that state so that breadth of perspective that broader interest if you are a good leader if you're a good manager you will inculcate that in the people that you lead absolutely now in order to inculcate it you need to also have experienced it so that you can Exactly, I, I think that's the piece which is probably extremely important that the definition of a good leader yeah. is to be able to influence others to inculcate broader interests so diversity of perspectives, diversity of interest. Absolutely. And I think this leads to actually that's one of the reasons I'm sharing this story because
0: not everybody has a opportunity to be coached. Yeah. And if they probably relate to the personalities I'm writing in this book, maybe then they could probably get that encouragement that they could also make a transition at a different stages of their lives also. If they relate to the circumstances, then say, yeah, I can take an encouragement. You say many times people have not got an inspiration to make the change. I was meeting an Indian CEO, a CEO who's on tour of duty in India for a large pharma company working out of India. He was expressing his concern about how his team has all their eggs in the work basket. And which meant that work ups and downs would really impact their emotional and mental well-being. So he started encouraging them to have wider interests. He realized when he talked to them that most of them do not have any wider interests and all they do perhaps is shopping and watching television over the weekends. He started asking them to have wider interests. He encouraged, he monitored, he, in fact, every meetings with them, he always inquired about their progress on the wider interest. Now they are pursuing. It made a big difference. Debu brings very interesting perspectives about leadership from a neuroscience perspective to having this wider interest. Here are my discussions with Debu around this topic. This character, when this person I worked with, had this stereotype of being pushed to see that only socially, if you have this kind of stature, you are acceptable. And that really let him down. You have to be in US, you have to be engineer, you have to be, then only you have a socially acceptable status. and parents were feeling small. He was feeling that he's letting the parents down. So there is an unknown pressure on them that if you had to get to some norms being accepted. That is bogging them down. Otherwise, fantastic guy, technically. He had to trust build this, break this barrier saying he's good, silly really good to really come back. So he, he had to spread life to get accepted by wider set of people saying he's achieved in life, not necessarily
1: what norms have been set by his family. Yeah. And I think these are also, if you take a slightly scientific view of this, like from a neuroscience perspective, so the dopamine circuit being triggered only at work is a big disadvantage because then you almost become micromanager. Like many clients that I work with, very interesting. they become, they don't let go because for them, their reward mechanism or the reward circuitry in the brain is doing better than before what they have been doing for so far. Wow. <coughs> wow. That's a very interesting. They don't point. rise up into the next role. They want to be appreciated for doing what they had done five years ago, but doing it better, like a better deal yeah. or doing it faster, doing the it only. to a higher standard. So that's their reward mechanism. They feel happy about that, and invariably, I have found that the only way you can break them out of it. So how do you make a micromanager to not micromanage anymore? You have to find something new in which they not good at. It. They trigger their dopamine circuitry. The reward mechanism has to be in a new space. So golf could be a great example or tennis or marathon or running. You could, as, as people who are interested in their progress, pushing them into a new area where their achievement drive is satisfied Mm -hmm. will, will help because otherwise if work is the only way to satisfy your achievement, you will become a micromanager. You will become terrible for your teams.
0: companies are looking at
1: multifaceted
0: individuals. An academician like Mahender talks about how they select students because they know when they pass out the companies, especially startup world, is looking for multifaceted individuals. Therefore, they give a lot of importance in recruiting people into their academic institutes, people with wider skills and who are also pursuing wider skills so that they're ready for now the new industry need. So I was also told that many of the people who go from this coaching centers to IITs also, I was talking to an IIT prof, they're very uncomfortable because they're conceptually not good. They know how to crack the exams. Okay. And they are not communication skills wise, like social skills wise, they struggle in those environments. So therefore hang around with similar crowds. They right. don't... And this, thing. and this continues as they go into their professional world also where they hang around with similar looking crowds. Very few of them break out. Correct. Correct. So actually, my question is more, so this is the reality. My question is, how do we at an early stage, is there a need to re-educate the market, re-educate the parents? I think while this, trusting, but I think many of their years are our younger years are lost just pursuing some competitive seat. And that's the reality in India. As an academician, do you think we have to redo this of how they spread their lives and
4: build wider pursuits as they grow up? I think it's happening not as much as we would like to see because of all these new age companies, startups, even when we take students into our degree, BBA, BSc, Bcom students, we, just, we give only 30-40% weightage to their 12th grade marks. So When a student comes in, our process is compulsory counseling, so we need to understand how the student is. And we see his communication. again. what else he has? Does he have any hobbies? Does he play any sport? What else he uh, did? He do anything? Did he do any project? Did he? So even if somebody is gonna, if let us say a cutoff for a group is seventy five, and somebody is coming with fifty percent, the principal makes it a point to meet the student and say, okay, what else did you do? Okay, you got fifty percent. That's fine. Mm-hmm. So there are students who say, I, I produce these videos. I made these short films. This is my passion. And we see and they see quality work and we see there's some talent they say okay fine you can come on board mm-hmm. so when we as a college we are changing our uh, recruiting students process and we see that happening when companies come for uh, recruiting students so they're looking for an all-rounded they're looking for an all-rounded and we see that if you go back 20 years they were looking at okay give me your top five students give me your top 10 students. that is no longer the case now they're saying that okay let them apply we will talk to them and we'll see if there's any interesting character. Is there anybody who can think out of the box So that is happening more?
0: Are we building the right foundations? That means now a leader is obviously expected to motivate the team, get the best out of the team, leverage everybody's talent, work with diverse set of people, have the empathy to train, guide and get the best out of them. Do they have the right foundations? Did they come from the right background? Are they struggling? Did they have the kind of inputs? Here is a discussion with Samil who shares how now youngsters are getting groomed to build all those skills which are essential. One of the things I found that as I grow into a leader, my own diversity matters. That means how much yes. more in the world with various things I had dabbled with and how much yes. I spread myself, whether I do I relate to people from different walks of life? Do I relate to people from different aspirations? I think that's where I think this grooming from childhood onto multiple things. As you play sport, of course the sport itself is bringing you yeah. back a different inspiration but it is also putting you to work with a team. It is also taking you to work with different skills at a different point at time. So it builds that capability and I think therefore I felt my personal experience—it's—it brings back a different professional into an organization, not just sports. If he has been into sport, yeah. any other things, any other pursuits like music or anything, because one you develop the passion for excellence, being interested in certain things. The second thing is that you deal with a lot of diverse requirements. Right. <laughs> is it something correct? Is it something you experience when you're dealing with these children? In terms, no, of absolutely,
5: absolutely. absolutely. I think you uh, summarised it well. I think we like to use a word called situational intelligence.
4: Hmm.
5: Hmm. Right? And 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 situational intelligence can only develop if you're in situations. Hmm. You can't sit and think about situational intelligence. Right. Right. <laughs> and, and so, how do you get into situations? By being out there and participating in range of activities because the range of activities have different people coming in, different hmm. situations. Hmm. Whether it's learning a skill or winning a match or whatever else, hmm. different environments. And I think that creates this broader resilience around, okay, I have the confidence that if the world throws something at me, Mm. I can deal with it. Mm. So I think it's both having the intelligence or the diversity, explore diversity, but also equally having the confidence that you can handle it. So I think sometimes we do the former but don't have enough time on the latter. Mm. Because Mm. if I have the intelligence but don't have the confidence that I have the intelligence then I'm still back to square one. And sometimes just go into situations and for example, what we do very often as part of our... so what, Remember, I started by learning off-play, learning through-play. Learning off-play is the skills, fitness, how do you, you know, do a cover drive? how do you bowl, all this stuff, right? Learning through-play has a set of things which connect to academic concepts as well as life skills. So, we have a program called Miles, where we essentially let middle school kids, let's say the class of 35, and you are in the class, and we know you are good at cricket. So, we would work with you to teach cricket to your peers. Okay. We will help you. Your 800 kid, we give you the context, the framework, and my train will be there. But you have to teach your 34 other classmates.
0: Mm, 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 mm.
2: So it
5: just so then before the class will prepare, then you understand. Okay, this is the way it works. So the overall development that happens because we put you in a situation not to display a cover drive but to teach a cover drive. Mm, mm. and to deal with a girl who doesn't know how to hold a bat. Mm, mm, mm. You're used to people who know everything, but now somebody is holding the bat for the first time in their life. Mm. How do you build the patience? How do you come to that level?
0: And say, so, okay, from here we go. Wow, This is <laughs> right. amazing. I've never seen something like this before. So this episode is all about reflecting on why it is important for a professional to have wider interests and wider pursuits what i aptly call as spreading your life we reflected on how having pursuits which are outside your work helps you to bring back more energy to your work we reflected having pursuits and accomplishments outside the work will help you to ease the stress of the work we also reflected having that diversity helps you to probably understand and empathize and groom and work with a diverse set of people in your own organization and get the maximum potential out of them. We also talked about how world is changing, how now the new age companies are looking for people with diverse backgrounds and therefore academic institutions are already adapting, uh, building students with profiles of much wider pursuits who bring in a much more 360 degree inputs into the roles they play Uh, we also talked about how the learnings at early stage build in those characteristics of a leader which are so essential so i think this episode is all about reflecting why as a professional you must try and pursue wider interests in the coming episodes we talk about how do you start how do you balance and what is the role at academic levels to really shape and bring more all-rounded professionals.